one. Boom, Boom. ladies and gents, you guys want to learn how to make money flipping mobile homes? Yeah, me too. Let's find out. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business and social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business, business Bros. <laughs> it is prime time, Ham. And it's it my favorite day of the week, time. by the way. It's my favorite it is- day of the week. What day is it? What day is it? it today happens to be S H I T. So happy, happy Thursday! Thursday. <laughs> all right, <laughs> drop the fire. All right, all you business pros out there. Before we jump into the show, just a quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on today. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, and drop a review, and help other like-minded business owners find value from our awesome guests. While we rise up in the podcast rankings, we will sincerely appreciate every single one of you for it. And if you want to be a guest on the show, we'd love to have you on to learn from you as well go to www.businessbros.biz slash podcast guest schedule your time slot don't forget to follow us on all our social media at business bros pod ladies and gentlemen we're so excited and honored to bring yet another incredible guest to the business bros pod we've repeated this mantra a hundred times build businesses and invest in real estate right real estate is how the rich secure their income and our guest today has a unique strategy to building and securing that wealth in the real estate game while most investors are out there flipping homes and buying multifamily properties, our guest steers the ship of a private real estate investment firm catering to accredited investors with exclusive access to high-yield mobile home park investments. This fundamental strategy provides low-risk, high-cash-flow assets that delivers consistent cash-on-cash income and equity growth. You will not want to miss today's episode to learn how you can enhance and secure your wealth following our guest strategies joining us today from midwest midwest park capital welcome to the show jonathan Tuttle. hi jonathan welcome to the show dude so excited learning what you are doing dude so let's let's just get to the nitty-gritty mobile home parks how did you get started in that space yeah it's a great question uh about 15 years ago uh, it's now becoming kind of like a popular niche in the last couple of years really gotten mainstream uh recognition but back in the day when i was first involved with it my dad got a park um about 2005 and i tell my friends i'm like i'm literally love this niche because it's so different. It's not super competitive than all the other forms of real estate. And I tell my friends, they'd all laugh at me. Like, that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> mobile homes. What are you talking about? Mobile home parks? I'm like, yes. And, you People know, gotta live somewhere, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's just like now it's becoming trendy. And like, it's all the major news is talking about like how it's been the most stable real estate in the last year. Uh, and so it just. Well, and we hit the pause button here. Ain't oh. no thing like me. Except me. Uh oh, Jonathan's uh, Jonathan's on the fritz, Sam. I'm getting the circle of of death. The circle of death. I'm getting it too. It just got interesting. I was like, dude, I know. Right, we're gonna start learning about uh, mobile home parks, and then boom. Yep, yep. He's talking about you know, it's a lot more people doing it, but you know, I'm sure that he's doing it differently than everybody else because I was just looking at his website and all the stuff that he's got going on, and it just looks like he's got it dialed in. 
So tell me about tell me about what he's got dialed in. We're gonna remove him here for a second. Remove him there for a second. What did you learn about him? Uh, well, I mean, everything that I was uh, reading there, it, it looks like it's uh, for accredited investors. So that's one thing that uh, you know, it's it's different. I know I'm putting um, you on the spot, huh? Yeah, no, it's cool. It's <laughs> cool. Come back in here in a second. All right, so let's sure define what will. an accredited let's define what an accredited investor is. So it's somebody who has two million dollars in uh, in assets, not counting the not counting your personal home, and or. Uh, somebody who has uh, 250000 in income for the last two years and is expected to continue to grow. All right. And I think we got. And I'm sorry. My, my computer restarted during the middle of a podcast. I'm, of like, course. I'm like, no, 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 stop it. <laughs> I've never <laughs> had that before. Way. That, that's uh that's what happens when we go live, man. That's what happens. All oh, right, so man, all of, sorry guys. I've, no worries, no worries. There's only about forty seconds, thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah, no big deal, no big deal. So, so uh, I was explaining to the audience what an accredited investor was. Yep. Uh, and so tell me, tell me a little more. We're talking about the trend that you were getting into. So it's become popular to get into the mobile home space. Yes, exactly. Uh, it's if you look at the data the last couple of years, it's like you said. There's sixty million Americans that need affordable housing, and there's about twelve million mobile homes. And then you guys are in. California, correct? Yeah. So it's another world over there. So like you have uh, like Matthew McConaughey used to live, Pamela Anderson, uh, Sean Penn, the Paradise Cove in Malibu, and they have mm-hmm. like mobile homes that go for like two to six million dollars there. And you put your right on the ocean. Two to six million? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, you're right. Exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. <laughs> Yeah, because well, if you're right next door, the house is like fifty million. So it's like if you have a fifty million dollar house and a mobile home that normally be two hundred thousand everywhere else, but you have a fifty million dollar house, it brings it up. So, but the moral story is like every market has their own niche. So it's like really high niche like that, but then there's also majority of it's for affordable housing. It serves that need, and you can't develop new parks. So there's about ten every twenty years. So that's like kind of the cool component when you own it. It's like because Warren Buffett has two companies in it. Um, He's the biggest uh, financer and he's also the biggest developer of new homes. And in the one reasons he likes, like he likes moats around bu- uh, business. And what that means is something where you can't just jump in right away. It's really hard to break into the niche because you can't develop them. And the cities don't really allow new parks, a mainly because the taxes are cheaper. Uh, so they don't make the same revenue. They actually lose revenue. Uh, just for example, like in Illinois, an average mobile home, if you're across the street, Illinois has really high real estate taxes. It'd probably be like three or four grand a year for real estate taxes. But the mobile home right across the street would be like two hundred bucks a year. <laughs> is it is it mainly because uh, when you're when you're talking about these mobile home parks, you don't technically own the mobile home; you're renting the space. And so, when you pay property taxes, you're not really paying taxes on developed property; you're just paying the land value essentially. Yeah, there's there's a couple components to it. So, for like the park, the park side is the owner. Ideally, you want to own it where you just own the land mainly. There's always going to be some te- like some that you're going to own as a park owned homes, but ideally for the business model, you want to keep it off, off your plate where you just basically rent the land. Like you just alluded to. And then for the cities, they just don't like, it's considered title like a car. So they don't consider it like, you know, it's like personal property. So they can't really tax it. Like they would normally, normally do the park owner, however, does pay obviously the bulk of the taxes. So how did you get into that space? I mean, understanding the tax implications as far as, you know, that that's obviously going to your bottom line, right? If you don't have to pay the property tax, like a regular home, you're paying the property tax on the land value. It's, it's completely, it, it impacts your bottom line, but still why get into investing in, in those kinds of things to invest when they invest in land 
opportunities into developments because they sell off each individual piece. You're keeping this a little bit different. How do you how do you decide to stay in space? Yeah, the the re- the value of it is because it's just like you have you know supply and demand economics. So unlike any other real estate, you you basically control your own destiny. It's NOI basically business with NOI with real estate. And unlike, you know, multifamily or other different real estate asset classes, it doesn't have that many curveballs. The biggest challenge in our industry for the mobile home park industry is every city, like municipality has different laws. And it's a lot of it with like zoning um, and then just little things like that. Basically, that's the biggest challenge is zoning and then also making sure you have good tenants. Uh, but F- the average tenant stays 14 years, which is one of the craziest thing about it. So once you get them in there, they're not going anywhere. Even if they have to move it across the mobile home from a different park, it costs five to $10,000 to move it. If they're paying $300 lot rent, they're not going to spend three years of lot rent to move it across the street. Mm. So that's one of the unique angles. And that's what really drew me into the space is a, when we come in too, we're also bringing most of the people have had these for like 30, 40 years. Uh, they did the original developers from the 60s, 70s and eighties. And then when we come in, we beautify the park. We bring in new CapEx where we you know, put in new amenities, uh, playgrounds, you know, flower beds, fix the roads, you know, trim the trees. So provide a better quality of life. So even some of the people that need a, like they don't have too much money, we come in and we'll power wash their units or, or, you know, paint their units for free just to give that sense of community for the people in there. So, cause some of these units, like I said, they've been there, people have lived there so long. They see all that rejuvenation and all that new energy put back in the community. It really brings, inspires people to, you know, take pride of ownership basically. What kind of restrictions do you have at these places? Are those instri- restrictions placed on by the owner or they tend to be city things, things like, you know, 55 and up communities or yep. uh, what, whatever the situation is for, for those homes? Yeah, you're exactly right. They actually do have, uh, that's the one, we're the only one that has like this weird stipulation with the fair housing. Uh, you could actually restrict and like, it's like a assisted living center basically, but in a community setting. So you could actually restrict, you could have 55 up community um, yeah, that's, that's the one thing that's really unique about this. Like when you're doing like Facebook ads and Facebook ads won't, doesn't know that there's one, we're the one loophole for, you know, targeting that, you know, for the fair housing laws. But, yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, so you, yeah, the, the average and the cool thing about our industry too, it really serves affordable housing needs. So like the cool thing is like people now see the value of affordable housing. And then also there's a new trend. Now, if you look at like the tiny home movement, you see on TV and then also people want to now people want to travel now so they rather than being in the major cities a lot of mobile home parks are in the second tertiary market so outside the city and that's now becoming a trend where people like when you live in a mobile home park you have a little you know you have your own yard you have your own there's easy parks there's more space to move around instead of being cramped up in an apartment and now when everything comes back around again too people can travel they'll have more money to travel so you see a lot of millennials uh the parks in like in austin there's like some outside of portland like those are becoming like trendy trying mobile home parks basically because the kids rather like, you know, I'm working on a computer. I don't have to be in the city. I'd rather be in Bali for six months and then have my mobile home when I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. That demographic too. Plus it's affordable. So exactly. when, when somebody were to, were to go to mobile home uh, wealth Academy to, to go to learn stuff, what is the type of stuff that you're teaching them uh, to, so that they can kind of benefit from this type of, of uh, revenue stream? Yeah. Great question. So the whole premise was because the, like you were, you know, my, I'm so sorry, my computer cut out and restarted. But uh, when you're talking about the accredited investor, that's where the mobile home park fund is. So you, 
basically only about 12% of people, you know, qualify for that based on like the numbers. So it's 88% of people. So I'm already there. I'm already filming this. I'm like people, some of my friends that, you know, below the income threshold. So I'm like, how do I have a solution to help them? It's the easiest form of real estate to get involved. It also helps solve the affordable housing. So these houses, if they get torn down, especially the, you know, the 67 or seventies, eighties units, like the older models right? you know, pre HUD or right after HUD, they get torn down, they're bringing in a brand new home. And those are like, you know, 50, 80, hundred thousand dollars. So that person that could normally would be able to buy that house off and pay it off in two years. Now he has to get this long mortgage. So you're actually still solving the affordable housing. So I just really want to have a solution to teach people how to flip, how to wholesale. It's the cheapest form of real estate besides California, besides those two to $6 million houses. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but like in the Midwest, you're looking at, you know, you know, a couple grand, a grand, five, 10 grand, put a couple grand in it or wholesale it. And your typical, five to $10,000 profit and then within a week or two. So it's a really great niche and it's served. It's, I like it because there's so many other, like, you know, all the TV shows are teaching how to flip, but you need a credit. You need to go to the bank. Usually if you're going to go tear down a kitchen and put $30,000 in, most people can't you know, do that without, you know, other people's money or they've been saved up or have a really good credit. So I just want to have a solution, teach them step by step. And a lot of people, and I'm bringing it from, all my resources from the, you know, the fund and all the, you know, industry resources. So it's, I'm giving a really high level overview, but also as an owner and also how somebody that just wants to learn how to flip from the, you know, flip or wholesale mobile homes for profit on the sides. So it's, we think it's going to be the best course out there by fire. Cause I've actually bought some of the other courses and I've compared the content. And so we've, we're going above and beyond with it. So. So when, when, uh, when they get into this mobile home, uh, wealth Academy and they're learning about this stuff, they're still required to get some funding, right? So is it, is, uh, is it like a, like a, are, are they self-funding? Are they doing like seller financing? Are they, do they still have to come up with capital? Are they going hard money? What kind of funding are we looking for when we get involved? Great question. Great question. Cause I actually have a solution. We actually have a guy, we have at least one, but probably two people that are, they'll actually loan. They're actually going to loan their own money. So you'll actually have a resource in the academy. And then we also have techniques where it's wholesaling, where it's nothing out of your pockets, where basically you go around drive, like looking for Fizbo's. That's one of the easiest ways, honestly, you just drive like through a couple of parks on Saturday or Sunday and look for the for sale by owner signs. Cause realtors don't want to broker or, you know, they don't want to spend a weekend showing a mobile home for 15,000 for, you know, $150 commission. So they're not, even focusing on it. So it's a really kind of an arbitrage way to go around drive or use Craigslist and Facebooks and then market it better. And most of the people in the, if you think about the demographic, a lot of the, uh, the baby boomers don't know how to use Facebook and, and uh, marketplace. And like the average, you know, millennial 30, 40 something knows how to use Facebook marketplace. And it's really kind of like arbitrage. Think like a Shopify store, where you get some from China and you put on, you know, put some Facebook ads. It's kind of the same thing. <laughs> Well, that and I, I like that because that does require a little bit of, of effort, a little bit of work, but the payoff in the end could be nice. So when you're talking wholesale, uh, what, what's the, I mean, we we're talking a little bit about pricing as far as what a, a mobile home goes for. But when you were talking about doing some rehab, is it the same type of cost? I mean, if we're going in and, and making some repairs, because I mean, are these are the homes always uh, affixed? Uh, you know, where they can't move or is it easier access? Cause I know a lot of them have uh, they're lifted, right? So they have access to plumbing and stuff under underground. Like is the cost of repair to some of these things, if you're going to do the flip game, is it, is it worth the cost sometimes, or is it better off just to get that manufactured stuff kind of switched out? Yeah. Uh, one of the best thing about it is know your market and less is more. So you don't have to like, people have the mindset from like, like 
well, most people think they think of like a TV where you have to come in, like I have to beautify and put the best of everything and like granite and less is more. You're, 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 most of, most markets, is, it is affordable housing. So just replace basic carpet, make sure the floor is good, paint the walls. Uh, you can't even do anything on the outside. The outside is the structure of it. So you can't even like say, I want to put bigger windows on the outside. You can't do that. So it's like middle mill, like just making sure everything works, plumbing, uh, you know, put in maybe a new fridge, maybe a new AC unit. So less is more. You can go as little as like one or two grand up to three or four grand. And anything over that, then I wouldn't even, I, unless you're, once you're more seasoned, then you can start doing more turnaround projects. Like especially in California, like for example, people will buy like a hundred, two hundred thousand dollar mobile home out there and they'll put 50, hundred grand, but then they'll mark it up another hundred grand in certain markets. It all depends on your market. But for the majority of America, Midwest, or even like Florida, you put in, you know, two to four grand and then a minimal stuff, just the basic stuff, power wash the outside, clean the windows. A lot of it's like, and then just make sure like the plumbing, like you said, make the basic, basic functionality. That's it. We're not, you're not coming in there and going to like, you know, Menards Home Depot. I'm like, oh, I want the nicest, you know, nicest carpet possible. I want, you know, premium paint. <laughs> it's none of that stuff. It's just a lot of basic routine because people just want affordable, clean place to live. That's really what they want. Yeah, that totally makes sense. So tell me a little bit about Midwest uh, Park Capital. What is that? Uh, how, how did you form it? Why, why is it part of your repertoire of businesses? Yeah, I well, we've been in the space 15 years and now the park prices have gone up exponentially uh, just because they were the, like a green sheet data came out with data like in December, it said it was the most, the best performing real estate of all last year. Wall Street Journal had an article last year. It's been the best performing real estate for the last decade. And then based on bank data, it's been the best performing for the last 50 years. And so what's happening is now we have Blackstone, uh, which is the biggest private equity in the world. You have Apollo Group, which is one of the second or third biggest private equity. They're all buying billions and billions of dollars of, so basically we have like a, like a five to six year run to acquire as many parks as possible. And so I rather leverage it with, you know, partners to get as many parks faster. And then for the advantage for Midwest Park Capital is for everyday credit investor, it's completely passive. So they don't have to go through the learning curve. They don't get access to the same deal flow. Like it's a very, there's only 44,000 communities in America. So it's not like multifamily where there's always, you know, there's always going to be a new next multifamily opportunity, Garden Sea Apartment, they're always available. So this industry, the, the real value add is like having someone that knows the industry, knows the ins and out, has the relationships and can manage it. And then we brought in the, the biggest park, park management company in the country that has 33,000 lots. Uh, we have the fund administration software has 100 billion in, uh, assets under management. They do some Apollo group stuff. Uh, we have a park CPA, we have Mark, Markham uh, CPA, which, and then they have, we have a park CPA. So we literally just built an all-star team. And so the, the investor gets the advantage of knowing everything's completely transparent online and they get uh, equity multiple tax benefits and a quarterly payout. So we just want to have like a solution that people just invest in it. Uh, and our prep rates eight and a lot of the multifamily prep rates are like five or six. And the best part about mobile home parks, when we talk about the land, which you mentioned before is the land appreciates the land improvements is 15 years. So you can't depreciate land, but you can appreciate depreciate land improvements. And we're the one niche that allows that. And 65 to 75% of a park when you acquire it, like the pads, you know, cement pads and everything, the roads on the mobile home parks is depreciated. <laughs> so you get like so your K1s look way better on ours. You get the best tax you know, structure of any real estate. Yeah, just- I surrender to your will. Right. <laughs> So just to clear things up, uh, normal depreciation rates, you're looking at about 29 or 39 years on a traditional mm -hmm. real estate transaction. So being able to come down on to 15 years, yeah. that's a 
huge push. Um, and then I'm sure you operate it like a business. So you're also taking advantage of like section 179 stuff uh, all the time. So you're, you're right. Your K one's going to look a lot better uh, compared yeah. to, to other people, especially if they're looking for those cash deductions. So let me get this straight. So you're basically, you're putting together uh, a capital fund of people to help buy these, uh, these opportunities for yep. the entire mobile home parks. You're teaching people how to do the flipping and teaching people how to be investors in the mobile home park. Those yep. are the, that, that has to do with the first two websites that we see scrolling at the bottom of the screen. So that has to do with Midwest uh, Park Capital. That has to do with the uh, Mobile Home um, Wealth Academy. And then mm -hmm. you have the Revenue Ascend, right? So I'm assuming that plays a part in your overall game plan here as well. Oh yeah, I vertically integrated everything. So it handles the... Uh because the course obviously it was efficiency because we're, you know, we're already at the parks. Why not just film some content, teach people how to do it, solve that problem for the people that aren't accredited investor and also solve the affordable housing to help, you know, teach people the business. Well, who has to market it? My agency. <laughs> so we do the, you know, the Facebook ads and then for, we're heavily investing for, for uh, Midwest park capital, you know, Google leads, LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn, SEO, all that stuff. If you Google mobile home park fund, top mobile home park fund. Anything mobile home park related, we're number one because my agency does all the SEO. <laughs> so I vertically integrated everything, which is great. And then this year we pivoted to uh, a more, I got a new offer coming out. So I'm, I only do one client a month. I've actually done some pretty big mobile home park owners, which is cool. So it provides deal flow. Uh, but I do one client a month, basically, where it's like a high level consulting digital. So it's really one-on-one. -on -one. And then we have an offer for HVAC owners where instead of doing a, a monthly retainer, we're going to actually come in, basically set up their ads at a high level and then give them like online curriculum, uh, basically set them up. So like for the price of what, a couple months of a normal agency charge, we charge them up front, provide them all the tools, resources in the community. And then it's more like a high ticket one done. And then they don't have to use an agency again. So we're about to launch that uh, for the next couple weeks. I got to hire a salesperson. And then, then with that offer, we're going to give $500 for every sign up to go towards this college scholarship. So we want to give away like five to seven scholarships to HVAC students this year. So that's powerful. Okay, so I mean, thank you. I uh, thank you. Right. <laughs> now, when you when you talk about uh, what you've created here, everything from generating the capital needed to teaching people how to do it to marketing the entire thing that's a that's a complete business in a box. When people work with you, they're not getting the onesie twosie. They're not getting, you know, just learn how to do this one thing. You're wrapping it up in a perfect box with and, and throwing a bow on it. So you're helping people all the way through the entire yeah. process. What kind of, you've been at this for 15 years. What kind of feedback have you gotten from people who have worked with you? And what kind of like stories can we hear about, uh, you know, case studies, people that have, have completed the, the entire process? Well, the fun's new. So the, the, I've been in this space 15 years in the, with our family parks, but like the fund just came out like six months ago. So, but, uh, speaking in regards to that, I was one of the 12 speakers pre COVID, but then they had, they canceled. I was close to in Vegas for the, is the mobile home, the biggest conference, mm -hmm. uh, MHI Congress and expo. And then two of the speakers were, uh, Warren Buffett's, uh, remember cause he has $2 billion companies and one's the man home manufacturer, Clayton homes, the CEO of that multi-billion dollar company. And then, uh, Dr. Ben Carson, who was a former president candidate, also the national director of HUD. I was going to teach there to the big owners how to do digital marketing. So I, I, everything just literally just flows in like a circle and vertically integrated. And it just ties in that brings me business, uh, but also gets me in front of deals for the fund. <laughs> yeah, but then I, they, they canceled because of COVID. They, 
So, so you had all these all these speaking engagements lined up, which yeah. would have led to some really I nice know. connections for for the fund. Uh, how did that affect your business? Like COVID has affected a lot of people. How did it affect you guys aside from from just missing out on on uh, you know basically catapulting the fund? Yeah, exactly. That's I mean we did a uh, we still did a webinar, but it was a lot less turnover because remember your demographic. So like the mobile home park demographic is most owners are baby when we're 65 to you know, 75 years old, they've had it for 30, 40 years. They developed it maybe 50 years. So a lot of them, they've had to learn how to use, you know, you know, zoom calls and things of that nature, like what we're on. Uh, but so we didn't have that. We had a disconnect of that. So the biggest challenge for us was like the free exposure. I had so many speaking engagements for the digital and also the fun side. And hopefully the, some of them like it this year, we're seeing that everyone's kind of playing it, you know, ear by ear, if it's going to happen, but just using the digital side, I'm like, we're just doing all everything digital. We're focused on garnering traffic through digital. Luckily, I'm the two businesses that do really well. Uh, digital marketing or just technology did really well last year. And the mobile home parks do really well because every time there's a downturn, people still need the cheapest place to live. So actually, I was in the right niches. I just didn't wasn't able to leverage, you know, the trade shows and things like that. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of speaking of which, the technology side, have you been in that side for, for the same amount, the, the uh, 15 years that you've been on, on the mobile home side? Or is that kind of what you had to develop to supplement the fact that you couldn't uh, go face-to-face with people? No, great question. I, I've always been passionate about digital. Like even when I was in college, I went, I'm old enough to remember when Google first came out and I would just be like, just the first time Google came out, I, you know, this is like late nineties. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I would just sit in the computer all day long. I, it's, I just love digital. And the key is obviously it's in business is face to face, but also leveraging technology. So if you have that skill set, we could you know talk to the right people, provide value in person, but also leverage internet, leverage podcasts, things of that nature. We could leverage the digital media. It's so much powerful. I used to, I started off around 2011, 12. I did a lot of charity work before and set a couple of different charity boards and I would just do their digital marketing before it was like even a thing. And I didn't know how to set up like a digital marketing agency at that point, but I knew there was opportunity for it. And that was uh, before even Google ads, Google ads were big then, but like Facebook ads really didn't become relevant. And obviously Instagram wasn't even out, but I would do like the social media for Chicago culinary and chefs hall of fame. And uh, I also started throwing, cause you have that dog pitch in the back. I also throw a lot of, I threw five years of homeless dog events in Chicago. So real big about giving back to like the homeless dog community, but I did there all the digital marketing to bring in the exposure basically. And then five years ago, I developed the agency model. That's so funny because uh, you're talking about the '90s being on uh, on Google, and I just can think of James. James. Uh, James was my my nerd alert. That he spent so much time when we first got a, a you know dial up internet at back then. We spent so oh, yeah. much time illegally downloading music, right? <laughs> just kind of like, Napster. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, dude, I don't call me out like that. Damn. (laughs) We don't got to go to Warehouse anymore. (laughs) For those of you who know Warehouse or Tower Records, right? We don't have to go there anymore. We can just get it right here on the computer. I can make my own CD. I was so happy. You remember the binder of CDs in your car? Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. You download them into Binder and you have binders of like hundreds of CDs with every song on it. (laughs) Yeah. And you were the cool kid because you had all the songs. Yep. Yep. Kids don't even know one of those binders sitting around somewhere, maybe in your garage, non, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) 
totally. All right. So, uh, you know, before before we head out, I want to make sure that people are aware of of how they can get a hold of you. So, uh, Jonathan, before we before we go, make sure that the listening audience is uh, can hear what you're going to say uh, and, and let them know how they can get a hold of you if they want to get involved in any of the different opportunities that you're offering. Sure. Yeah. So if you're a credit investor, the the fund is called MidwestParkCapital.com. And we also have a if you just want to view the PPM right away, we have MidwestParkCapitalFund.com, just how it sounds. Uh, it's obviously the hottest real estate niche right now, one of the hottest real estate niches. So it's a really good time to kind of learn about it. If you're not accredited and you want to learn the business, you want to learn how to get in the easiest form of real estate, flipping, wholesaling, it's called Mobile Home Wealth Academy. It's, we're still creating content. It's about three weeks, but we're taking emails on there so you can put your email. Uh, it's going to be very top to bottom. It's going to have everything you need to learn the business and all the resources, like you even mentioned, like we'll even have a source of lend the deals for you. So everything's going to be covered in that. And then if you're an HVAC owner, I guess that HVAC owner would be the uh, revenue send. And then I do, like I said, one client a month where it's like a personal one-on-one, like a, like a high, high level consulting where if you're doing like one or $2 million a year. If you're at, you want to get to, you know, be more tech friendly, you want to have better systems process, you know, SOPs and also learn how to get, optimize your Google ads. Like we're really good at Google ads. So if you're, especially if you're spending like, so we have some clients that spend 80,000 a month on Google ads. So if you're at that level, we could really help you take it to the next level. And that's revenuesend.com. Uh, we're not all- just doing this for money. We're doing it for a shitload of money. That's right. That's right. Uh, you know, you've been doing uh, tech stuff for quite some time. We're, I, I was going to say we're new to the podcast space. We're like three years in, 651 episodes into the podcast space. Uh, so I, I got to ask, you know, you, you've seen, you've been around tech stuff. You've done shows before. What was your experience like on the business road? Oh, this is great. I think the, uh, just the visuals. I'm sorry. My, I'm so sorry. I can't even believe my, my computer started like the first minute. I was like, what is going on? Glad you guys are still on those. This is awesome. I think uh, the visual is very entertaining. It's cool. Awesome, man. Awesome. Uh, a little, a, a little uh, helpful stuff, if you, if you will. Um, we suck when it comes to doing any type of paid ads for our own show. What kind of advice would you give me if I was getting started in this space to kind of put ads, ads out? Should I be going video clips? Should I be going uh, standalone images? Should I be going Facebook? Should I be going YouTube pre-rolls? Like, where should I be going at? And I don't think we kind of, I don't think we really super suck. I just kind of want to start, give, give you that premise. Yeah, no, I think uh, all three. Here's how, I would, here's what I would do. For like the Google ads, I would start with do the competitors. Who's your biggest competitor? Who's your audience most likely going to listen to? Run, pay for their, the, your name to be in front of them on the, on the search. So that's going to be like, Hey, listen to this podcast, check out this, you know, put their name in the, in your place. Number one. So people will find out because you're going to their audience and kind of stealing it or at least getting your name out in front of it. Facebook ads, the same thing, target all your competitors, uh, do videos to first. I like videos because, uh, you could do a, 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 you know, clips, but make sure when you follow back up with the retargeting that the, they watched 50%, you could have another like testimonials or other video clips and just basically the ones that watch 50% are going to be the highest, most likely. And then you could have like a click to download, you know, option on there, uh, follow up based on behavior and then really just kind of say, Hey, you're in business target. Use the, the Facebook keeps taking away targeting because it's getting more and more regulated regulatory. So, and we also know that's been big. That just came out like two days ago is the new Apple. We don't even know what's going to happen with all that. Apple basically says you can't really do 
the 28, it used to be able to target everything on Apple and they would keep all the data. Now it's, it went from 28 day attrition to seven days. So we don't know how effective the retargeting is going to be in uh, Facebook going forward. Cause they're still trying to figure out exactly how to report all the, you know, the data, but Facebook is still the uh, cheapest and fastest way to get in front of your ideal prospect measure that. I think Facebook do do contests is one of the great ways. Like I, I think contest is great for like a podcast, get people engaged to get on your show. YouTube ad, same thing, put in front of a your competitor's show, like put it on like business podcast, put it on like any, uh, you know, wh whoever has like a million downloads and it's a popular and they allow commercials advertise on their, you know, the, the pre banner rolls. Those work really well. And it's pretty cheap too on YouTube right now. It's going to change as we get older, but you know, as you know, more competitive. So those are three ways I'd recommend. And then also, just uh, you, you do really well with the the text SMS follow up, maybe some more emails with uh, some stories and have some tidbits and do like a, get a direct response copywriter to kind of like paint a story and how it relates to the, your listener audience whoever your core you know demographic is. Nice. Thank you, dude. I mean, that's exactly what we're looking for. A little bit of feedback, a little bit of help because it, it not only helps our show, it definitely helps other people who are in the podcast space or different business owners who are trying to get that little bit of a competitive edge because there's so many uh, businesses out there that are just not creating enough content. They're just not yeah. giving themselves the opportunity. They're missing out on any potential clients, any potential leads, anything that's out there on the space because they're not putting content out there. So uh, ladies and gents, just a reminder, if you guys need content, we offer a package, it's 300 bucks and we're gonna create all the content you need to at least post one time a day. If you're not doing that at bare minimum, you're hurting your own business, right? Get out there, show enough content, take that same content, you can use it for your YouTube pre-roll ads, you can use it to market whatever it is that you're doing, but if you're not posting on a regular basis, you are what we call invisible. Nobody knows you exist. So go to businessbros.biz slash done for you. Sign up. Let's get your content squared away. Jonathan, thank you very much for coming on the show, man. You had so much information, so much value, dude. It, it, I'm telling you, that whole space always has that stigma of there's not a lot of money in there. But, dude, the way you explain it and the opportunities that, that you've provided, there's a ton of opportunity in, that, in, in the uh, mobile home space. So thank you very much for coming on the show and sharing. Ladies and gents, uh, just a quick reminder, you can follow Jonathan at Jonathan Tuttle on, on social media. And you guys can go to his website, Midwest Capital, uh, sorry, MidwestParkCapital.com, uh, MobileHomeWealthAcademy.com, or RevenueAscend.com. That's all we got for you guys today. Enjoy the rest of your SHIT. So happy Thursday, and we'll see you guys manana on Friday. Peace. We're out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network www.businessbros.biz.